episode 169, on Life, and uh, we, we almost uh, sort of got ahead of ourselves here. Traffic in Florida. Talk to mm-hmm. me about it. Yeah, so interspersed through assisting my mom around the house, I caught wind of the Trump arraignment today on our good friend CNN's network own network no less and I thought to myself wow they're really dedicating a lot of live footage and a lot of aerial shots a lot of uh, Michael Bay high-rise scenes just to uh, produce just one still image of several cars because it was a police escort going down the Florida highway Mm -hmm. and I thought to myself man I haven't seen traffic that low since the beginning of the pandemic. Take me back there, please. But really, I neglected to see the off-ramps and the on-ramps that were completely full of traffic. So traffic had come to a standstill. Yeah. Now, the arraignment from what I saw, at least on CNN, was broken up into two segments. So we had, it was sort of like uh, extra innings, like when you can see six different ball games at once. You had one scene of the police escort and then the other scene of the courthouse, right? Where of course a bunch of Trump supporters were capitalizing on the space pun intended with their flags and their megaphones and their just their nasally land masses. And I realized I'm just like, man, what's it going to take to just wake up and not live vicariously through a politician's life? Right. Because every single in, every single person that they interviewed, it was a matter of, well, I want him to win, and he's not guilty, and Trump is the best president since X Y Z. And of course, I'm being very, uh, uh, I'm talking in hindsight because they're talking in hindsight because they don't know what they're talking about, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm purposefully keeping you in the dark of what they were saying because they don't even know what they're saying. I also don't I also just don't think outside of Facebook uh this is about the most media exposure these uh what were they called um despicables I was going to say like profligates Oh uh you horribles can, you can the source yeah you can the source any word you want troglodytes yeah <laughs> just in front of the courthouse and I know we were going to kick off the discussion of like, oh, yeah, let's talk about the arraignment. But I think I'm just of the attitude now where uh, just give me the verdict so that we can put a put a pin in it and Mm -hmm. move on. Yeah, that that two bit observation was really all I was exposed to earlier this morning. I didn't get to see too much today simply because a lot of the news that came out of Florida kind of came a little too late for me because I had to take a out of town trip technically though still for still to work and and so therefore I really missed all of the breaking news about you know oh the you know Trump's appeared in court he's officially been arrested blah 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 arraigned yada 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 I haven't heard yet about bail actually see if I can look that up as if uh, of course he's an issue for him <laughs> what as if it's an issue for him well, hey, I, I mean, mean, I'm looking forward. See, that's the thing. I'm just mm. waiting for the bail to just be an astronomically high amount that uh, 
half-cocked Joes like us would never be able to afford in nine adjacent centuries, where uh, penny in a drop in a bucket in an ocean of a king's ransom that, yeah, just debited out of my account. Mm-hmm. Uh, live news updates say here, uh, Trump pleads not guilty to federal charges. Oh, big shock there. Sky blue. What else? Mm-hmm. And so far, the top three videos as of now, God, now I feel like a culture vulture, uh, two of which are from NBC are focusing on the crowds. Crowds gather outside Miami courthouse ahead of dot, 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 because Google doesn't know how to uh, either consolidate their titles or YouTube doesn't know how to uh, make them interesting enough to consolidate them. We gotta love SEO, don't we, folks? Uh, Ahead of Trump arraignment. I appreciate the effort you put into making your videos inclusive and diverse. Well, inclusive is right. It's on YouTube. Anyone who has the link can see it. Diverse, well, I mean, 7.99 million subscribers, I'd say, is pretty diverse. So, uh, uh, who wakes up and decides to be this persona is my question. Okay. You want to talk about the man who's being held in court right now is one thing, but, you know, you, you can't talk about him without talking about the voters that got him there in the first place. So, Oh, he's out of court. He he's already oh, he's like, done on his way back home. Okay. And on top of that, he I, I have to mention this too because it just it just goes to show, you know, obviously there's the the people that are like, oh, you know, he's this aberration and he's so different. And there's those of us that are like, well, no, he's just a mutation of exactly what we've seen in American politics for at least the last, I don't know, sixty years. However, he decided after leaving court, uh, the former president stopped at a well-known Cuban cafe in Miami to greet supporters. Mm. And while he was there, and I didn't know, well, I knew of tomorrow's significance, tomorrow being Wednesday, we're recording this to the day of the arraignment. Um, but I didn't know that this happened today. So it just so happens that all of this is happening the day before his 77th birthday. (laughs) <laughs> and I guess he went to this Cuban restaurant <laughs> and was all, you know, hey, everybody, I'm here. It's your favorite president. I'm here to say hello. It's a, you know, th- there ain't a there ain't a Hallmark card for that one. But and then they uh, sang happy birthday to him because that's the kind of Joker world we live in where even Donald Trump is pulling a uh, Jeb Bush, please clap moment. <laughs> You know, like it really, it, it's, it's so, and it's not something if it were, and obviously like, yeah, obviously if it were any other politician, it'd be another story, but because if, if it was any other politician, they wouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he's all, you know, he's got his big smile, like he's got his, his binky with him because everyone, a bunch of strangers are singing happy birthday to him in a Cuban restaurant, like. See, I just need to know what what protesters hope to happen by just protesting on his behalf, right? The, ver- the verdict is going to arrive either way. And again, showing support or dissent for politicos and politicians are, are just the norm since 2016. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I'm looking at the, the aerial footage of 
couple protesters just kind of going into it. You, you can kind of see the, uh, you know how like when animals mate in the wild, they'll have like a dance. Uh, you can pretty much tell when a fight will break out a la, you know, a middle school lunchroom right. because you'll have two people with an entire circle surrounding them. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, I don't remember stumbling on to Glendale Unified School District's feed with what they're recently going through. I thought I was, you know, stumbling upon. Hmm. I didn't know that there would be this much lawlessness outside of a courthouse. I could be mistaken now. Oh, but it's a peaceful protest, right? It's a peaceful protest. No one's above the law. That's what the signs say. Apparently, there was at least one protester that lunged for the motorcade. Mm. Uh, well, and, and let's not forget, too, it's Florida. So <laughs> it's a different crowd of people that are going to be, you know, all, oh, it's 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 my favorite president. You know, I've never felt this way about a president ever. Or, or I haven't felt this, you know, felt this raunchy about a president since JFK, you know. And it's like, yeah, let's let's make that comparison. I say from JFK land, I, I look at the whole thing and on one hand I hear, you know, a lot of friends of mine, people in our circles that are like, yeah, it, we've seen this before, he's going to be fine. And that's what everyone obviously has to remember, even with the first indictment, mm. because now we this is the first time he, he is 200% more indicted than any other president in American history, you know. Um, are they going to keep, uh, is it like double it and give it to the next person? So if the 37 don't stick, then, uh, 74 cases are going to be thrown against him and he's going to have to go through that. Well, I, I forgot how many shoot, how many charges did he have in the whole hush money indictment? I want to say that was like 30 something as well. Okay. So add another 37 on top of that. And I mean, he's closer to 100 than he is zero. I don't know. Yeah. Can you fight this all in court at once, or are these just two separate trials waiting to happen? These are these are two totally separate cases, two separate trials, and that's on top of... Damn. And obviously, I'm not going to go through the whole litany because I don't know the whole litany of trials and cases he's in the midst of, but right. there's also Georgia and the fact that he was trying to like strong-arm their Secretary of State into, quote-unquote, finding the votes. Ah, uh, yes. You know, I love I love government efficiency. I love I love uh, legal efficiency because <laughs> if it were me, it would have been, it would be like, hey, you've seen what's in the news, Donnie. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, list all the charges out one by one. And it's sort of like those those shows you see on daytime TV, if you don't happen to have a job or be in school right. where people will go up in front of the judge and they'll, you know, they'll be told what the charges are and they'll. You know, bang the gavel, guilty, not guilty, bail is set for whatever. And it kind of makes me wonder if it would just be more efficient to be like, okay, sex trafficking, not guilty, that that's done. Uh, arson, not guilty. Um, documents, what documents? Not guilty, you know, because, again, <laughs> it would just, it would be great if it could be consolidated in, a, in like 10 minutes. I feel like it'd be more game showy, more akin to what uh, the general population would probably be more interested in seeing rather right. than just oh, politics that I actually have to like think about the implications of others for outside of like a high school history textbook 
uh, I'll just call them obnoxious liberals and go on with my day. That that makes it easier, you know. I've done I've done court reporting, but I I'm not I'm not even registered to be a, a federal court reporter. I probably should become one. Um, but in in a case like this, I think what is really going to hurt Donnie the most is the fact that you know for the whole time his argument has been. Oh, I could just think about it. And all these classified documents, boop, no longer classified. All I have to do is just think real hard. And and I don't have to be president. I can just, you know, be in retirement, quote-unquote retirement, and bada-bing, declassified. But it's on tape somewhere that he was bragging to someone that, oh, I could have declassified these when I was president, but I didn't. So whatever, at this point, I don't know what his argument is is other than oh well you know joe's got his uh documents and hillary had her emails and it's like right but how is that an argument to say oh well they did something bad it's like okay what does that have to do with you right are you trying to say oh well they did something bad so therefore i'm allowed to do something bad too you're admitting yeah. you did something bad they did. Like, they did something bad, but your documents weren't weren't leaked in Thug in Thug Shaker Central. So, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't hold much weight there, does it? So, and plus, this is a scenario where the National Archives literally asked him over and over and over again, "Please, you have sensitive material that needs to come back to us. We are a government entity. Yeah, we are basically like librarians, but." You know, if you're carrying something that is of, uh, you know, national security sensitivity, you might want to hand that back to us, which is not something that, as far as we know, uh, was ever in Biden's possession or Mike Pence's possession. I, I can't speak for the whole Hillary thing because that was so long ago, and I, at this mm -hmm. point, I'm, I'm trying to, like, just move forward from it. Um, at the same time, though, there's still... The fact that she did delete those even though she was subpoenaed to submit them, that's a whole other can of worms that we could get into that we don't need to. Um, Oopsies. Otherwise, you know, and the fact that, like, Kid Rock is, you know, getting access to this stuff because Trump's like, hey, look at this. This is how we blow up Iran with nukes. And Kid Rock's like, whoa, man. Whoa. Huh? Am I allowed to see this? Like, he, he said that to Rolling Stone, like, months ago. Like, it might have been last year. So God, you can just you could just pinpoint the type of people. It doesn't even require a microscope based on just those two names, Donald Trump and Kid Rock. Like, can you see the overwhelming voter base that you're like painting a picture of? Because I see it clear as day, you know, and it's not the it's not the Norman Rockwell painting that I think everyone wants to paint themselves as. It's like mm -hmm. I, I don't remember the name, but there were a couple of standout characters uh at the um at those like courthouse courthouse protests and one of them was like this guy in like a biker jacket and had a big 45 on the back and i'm sitting here watching this thinking to myself okay are we even gonna be recording today so that i can lay all this out and really kind of analyze how I feel about it because how do you wake up and live your life outside of vicarious politics? 
mm-hmm. right? For me, it's pretty easy. I guess in this instance, ignorance kind of wins here. Not so much ignorant from like political truths and like hard pills to swallow, but just, you know, when you take it to that extreme, it just becomes uh, chuggy. It becomes unattractive is what it becomes. And as much as I like propagating straw man arguments and ad hominem attacks as much as the next guy, buddy, you've never read a fucking bike in your life. Like, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, you're going to crush that thing. And he's and he's firing off how Trump is good, and then and my silence is just kind of like that because that's that's literally no other reason other than hey I look the part and I'm supposed to be Trump voter number five thousand three hundred eighty seven mm-hmm. and NPC my way to the to the top of the argument of why. You know, he's he's better than the alternative. And I'm like, well, the alternative in your state is yet another flagrantly patriotic Republican, DeSantis. So who who's losing in this case? Like, it's not you. You know, I, I don't understand. Like, when you're surrounded by so much red, how do you still find the blue is my question. What do you mean? Like... I don't understand individuals who take it upon themselves to just be the, the knights of the round table of whatever political party that they're <clears throat> that they're shucking and jiving with. But at the same time, I don't understand how if you're in a predominantly, in this instance, Republican state, mm-hmm. I don't understand how you can look around and basically be like, there's still something wrong. Okay. Not even looking out to the other 49 states. You know, if you're, if you want to look in Florida, that's about as much of a, of a Republican utopia as you can possibly get. Right. And people there would rather play the character of being a Trump supporter than just being like, okay, this guy's kind of dressed like a jackass. Why do I need to subject myself to this political theater when I can just, cast my ballot and continue living off of my retirement that I'm no doubt spending the rest of my days doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, I've always understood it as it's no different from, uh, and I, I, as I mentioned him, I guess I should mention, uh, I should point out rather quite literally the like first day that I got back to California uh, to see my family went out for a walk and sure it, Sure is all you could believe in all of this wonderful earth. Uh, walking up the street, and there's my neighbor sitting on his damn porch, and I'm just like, Son mm-hmm. of a... just want to go on a walk, right. you know. And you know, he's he's a good example of somebody that you know. Number one, he's in denial of the. Well, he was. I mean, and at this point, I think he. Well, he's always thought differently about it. Anyway, you know. When you live in an area that is red, you you look at it as a, a weakened stronghold. You look at it like, oh, the rats are coming in. You know, it, it's like mm-hmm. Camus' The Plague. Like, oh, just when you think you, you've gotten rid of, you know, all the troubles and all the woes, the rats are still under underground and they're still waiting, hiding, ready to come back and pollute the air we breathe or whatever and, and bring about, you know, the the bring about death itself 
but it's also just this crazy sense of patriotism where, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Florida is an incredibly red state. At this point, Ron DeSantis should just not be not run for president and just make himself God Emperor of Florida, um, just go full Dune on Florida. But it, it it's still this sense. It, it's not like the Robert E. Lee thing where, oh, Virginia is joining the Confederacy, so therefore, because I love Virginia, I must join the Confederacy. You know, it, it's like even though he was like one of the best generals in the Union, he was beloved, he was known. Probably not to the level of George Washington, but enough that, like, it was a big deal when Robert E. Lee was like, okay, yeah, but I love my home state, so, sorry. Unfortunately, even though a lot of, you'd think a lot of these people would think in the same kind of way, as I'm sure there absolutely are people on both sides that think that way in this country, it it's still not totally like that, especially amongst conservatives. It's still this idea of my country, my country, you know, <laughs> oh... And, you know, I think that's where, that's where I feel like this whole, all the talk we've heard for years now about, oh, we could have another civil war, Ugh. the whole sectional crisis that basically gave us the civil war did come out of that sense of patriotism towards your home state. It wasn't, you know, it's, it, what's the line from National Treasure 2, you know, oh, before the civil war, states were all separate, they'd say the United States are... After the Civil War, it was more like people would say the United States is, you know, and it, it's um, the weird thing is, is that in, in a lot of ways, it's still like that, even though the states today absolutely are divided. So, you know, I, I hear you and I agree like, OK, but can't you just have it that your state is like as red as can be? Right. Like, can't we all come to a, a consensus and agree that each state wants to establish itself as its own identity and could really care less about other states surrounding it unless it happens to share particular political beliefs, right? Mm -hmm. Like why does LA care so much about New York? Well, if you look at a if you look at an electorate map, neither one of them is going to be red and blue. They're both going to be the same color, right? Of course, they're going to share common interests in areas such as media, politics, economics, and overall democratic principles. If I, and also the rural areas will be mostly red. Yeah, you and you'd probably go so far as to say, well, any Bible Belt state uh, is probably not a blue pixel on there outside of you know major cities yeah so no but it's it it just becomes increasingly difficult to understand why political theater is still prominent you know not just from a level as high as the presidency but just peons and i hate to say that so condescendingly but like people theatricizing the need to be political mm. and you know and the, the interviewers kudos to them because really all they had to do was ask them a simple question of why do you feel trump xyz should not be arrested should not be arraigned should not be detained yada 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 and there's not a there's not a concrete answer as to why or why not it's right. just a matter of hey that's a freak show 
I can tell by the way he or she is dressed or what kind of flag they're touting. I think I saw one InfoWars flag. Hmm. You know? So I guess birds of a feather, but it's one of those things where if it makes for good television, I guess. Okay, fine. You sold me on that reason. I have no further inquiries. Yeah. But I I, I don't understand the need to uh, theatricize. I really don't. I think as well, it's... I mean, think of it this way. It looks like a lot of people... It's not. Yeah. Exactly. It's not. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... You know, it's... I mean, let's not forget how, how mortified some Americans were when they saw how many people were at Trump's inaugural, and then you actually saw what the numbers were, and you were like, oh, wait, that really isn't a lot. Yeah. You know, January 6th, like, yes, it was a ton of people that stormed the Capitol. First of all, out of all the people that were actually there, you only had a certain percentage that actually went inside and broke laws going inside and defacing stuff and shitting on things and defacing things and... You know, the one guy that I guess farted in Nancy Pelosi's chair, whatever, like, you know. Then you also just had the people that were spectators and saw what happened and thought, Jesus Christ, that's not really what I signed up for. And then the second major factor in all of that is quite simply the fact that if Trump really thought he was going to bring the, the, the full bore of his support onto the United States government that day, well... I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure there were a lot of Trump supporters in this country that weren't in the Capitol that day. Maybe part of it was because of COVID, most definitely. I don't. Th I don't think it was. But because also of COVID mobility that showed up. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, people would rather here... go against the go against the rules and be like, "Hey, you know, my ancestors are smiling down on me." Imperial, can yours say the same uh, for a couple of good photo ops? And uh, God, I'll never forget the uh, the guy with the like the barbarian like tunic or whatever and like the fallout text was was photoshopped over it like oh talk to great con 10 out of 10 meme uh i i just what do these individuals think that they'll stand to gain by theatricizing it you know do they think that they would go so far as to believe that by doing so they'll be in a position of power i mean what did the <clears throat> let's ask vicariously because i can't ask him let's ask the question to the older gentleman who wore the uh work will set you free t-shirt who stormed the capitol mm -hmm. mm. what do you stand to gain by making an image out of that okay i can understand why say an organization such as the Proud Boys would do it to further their agenda. But right. what do these fringe individuals stand to gain who I would go so far as to say does don't understand social media from the hole in their ass, given their age demographic, mm -hmm. let alone how to work a smartphone? Are they just there to cause... Honestly, I wouldn't even say mayhem. I, I don't think that they're at the physical capability to do so. It's just a just a just a photo op and say, hey, here's one for the history books kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that was the whole hilariosity, if you will, of uh, January 6th was that you had, you know, you didn't have people showing up with 
AR-15s going full, you know, 1776. Like, there was nothing... <laughs> Minutemen, yeah. Yeah, like, it wasn't like that. If anything, it was quite literally, hey, I'm going to post this on Reddit or Truth Social or Twitter that I took Nancy Pelosi's podium. Lol. Yeah. Like, on one hand, I can see, oh, well... Uh, it is theater. It is like, performance. Like, like at worst, the realization of I don't want to yeah. be identified as a terrorist because, like, at worst, I got a free tour of the Capitol building because yeah. you know if if the reports are to be, are to be believed that quote the majority of people who broke inside the Capitol building were just walking around and taking pictures. Okay, fair enough, devil's advocate. But at the same time, it's just like you want to see a picture of the inside of the Capitol building fucking google it <laughs> like why why risk yourself being being involved for the sake of just a good photo op and theatricizing it for social media just but, the fact that so that you can say you're making history or i don't know i don't know well and to think too like and this is obviously where you know we don't even need to go into the hypothetical it's a different story when these people actually see a politician because as far as i know they like every congressman and senator that was in the building got out or went to whatever little like secret rooms and tombs under the capitol dome and they were for the most part safe but you know even if these people weren't armed that didn't necessarily mean that these people were not in danger you know, mm, the elected yeah. officials. But regardless of that, I mean, now comes the point where, okay, so you had Jan obviously you had January 6th after Trump lost and had to leave the White House because they had to certify the votes. Fine. Nothing happened after the indictment uh, in the first arraignment in New York. And at this point, I'm not, even though I'm hearing a lot of defense, I'm not hearing a single soul say, Oh, well, he didn't do it. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. Or this is a nothing burger. If anything, right. it's what about this and what about that? And it's yeah. like, okay, so one person breaks the law. Everybody can break the law. Anybody. Which, to be fair, if you take a close look at American history from like the last century at least, that's pretty much how we've run. You know, <laughs> like. It really, it really, really is. Breaking the, like, breaking the law and seeing just how far we can, you know, take the amendments and fucking, yeah. fucking twist them. Oh, I mean, for goodness yeah. sake, you get uh, the the Indian reservation system. That's a slippery slope to what we did uh, in the Philippines and in the Caribbean uh, following the Spanish-American War and mm -hmm. obviously with Japanese internment. Um, same goes with how... Lincoln responded to anybody that was, you know, speaking out against his actions or the actions of the U.S. Army during the Civil War. Guess what? And this is where I make a perfect segue into what Trump is being accused of, um, <laughs> which is, okay, so you're going to, you know, stand up against your government and protest it. Okay, fine, I'm going to throw you in the stockade. That was Lincoln. Uh, 1917, you get the Espionage Act. So, hey, you're going to protest World War One. Guess what? You're going to prison. And you're going to stay there. Hmm. And that's how we get the famous uh, fifth run for the presidency by Eugene Debs from prison, which set the precedent for what Trump can, is able could, to do, potentially. Exactly. Right. And on top of all that, obviously, 
Espionage Act is something that Trump is being accused of violating, which I was able to pull it up because I conveniently got a notification about it as we were speaking. <laughs> um, other famous cases involving the Espionage Act. So I'll just throw out some names that I'm sure will ring a bell to you and the listeners. Um, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, uh, which famously that was the big Soviet spy ring case of the 50s that was really like the only time we ever as a country decided to go out of our way and prosecute, persecute, and execute people accused of being Soviet spies. Fun fact, by the way, uh, obviously Joseph McCarthy was, you know, overseeing a lot of that. Uh, one of his little uh, apprentices in that whole affair, a young lawyer from New York by the name of Roy Cohn. Roy Cohn would later on become the personal attorney of a real estate schmuck by the name of Donald J. Trump. Yeah. Really weird how history works, isn't it? Um, oh I didn't have to look at anything. I you're telling that. me that everyone was there on the day that JFK got shot. Oh, hey, and you're gonna label me as a conspiracy theorist. Come Nixon on. and H.W. Bush were both in Dallas. I'm just saying. Um, H.W. Uh, huge wiener moment. So, so, um, and then obviously, like another example would be Edward Snowden. You know, and I'm pretty sure Chelsea Manning as well. These names that are just complete, like one-off names that you hear in the news oh so and so did this who's to say in the next 20 years these are going to be the names that are just going to be filling every single k12 k through 12 history book and then we can sit there on our lawn chairs being like oh i remember those days <laughs> the world well, was fucked then and well <laughs> we're in retirement now so i guess we can be ignorant to the fact but you know, what is this season, season 20? God, one of us needs to die already. <laughs> I think reality winner. Kids are going to take hold of this show. Winner has said that she considers the application of the Espionage Act inconsistent and vague. Yeah, that's nice. fair. That's pretty fair. Um, especially given like the Espionage Act was so arcane and was literally at a time when the then president Woodrow Wilson, who I've said before, many an argument could be made that he might have been one of the worst presidents we've ever had, um, was literally like, "Oh, hey, you have a different idea from uh, from mine, or you're black, or you're a woman, or you're Asian, or you're a socialist." Like just, the segue to that was just so like you got a different idea, or yeah. you're black. <laughs> Hey, this was the guy who who brought the Klan into the White House and was yeah. like, "Oh, Birth of a Nation, what a movie!" Yeah, um, Woodrow Whitehood Wilson, man, yeah. what a name. And and with World War One, you know, you had smart Americans that were like, "Yeah, this is kind of an unnecessary war." And he was like, "Um, get bent, go to prison." And they were like, "Wait, but what do you? But you you literally re like campaigned on not getting us into war." before you had your stroke. And he's like, uh, I can't hear you because of those bars clanging, you know. It's called being based, Ryan. Get with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if anything, the, the point I'm getting at is there is precedent with Espionage Act being something that obviously, like, there's arguments to be had about, you know, okay, Edward Snowden violated it, but what did he do that actually was a threat to national security? In Donald Trump's case, you can ask the exact same thing. I would argue that showing Kid Rock and a bunch of random spies from other countries that are hanging out at Mar-a-Lago, which was a real thing, apparently, 
uh, just like spies being like, you know, yes, I'd like to be at your Mar-a-Lago. It should be wonderful. Uh, yes. Oh no, I, I am I am a businessman from uh, from a, a foreign country you've never heard of. Oh yes, yes. Oh I, uh, spies. Oh yeah, I love the James Bond movies. They're wonderful. Um, showing battle tactics and sensitive information that you know it's one of those things where it's like hey is it really you know protecting us obviously that's for a court to decide but between the counts and the fact that this guy could see up to 100 years in prison based on these counts if found guilty you know i i do have to join the chorus of people the small but slowly growing chorus that are thinking yeah this is a guy who's literally lived his entire life just constantly breaking the law and getting away with it and no one's bat an eye except for, you know, us plebes. And now, he, he's literally gone so far that it's like, yeah, but this is, this is like, this is beyond the pale. But hey, you know, those of us that kind of warned against him years ago, you play with fire, you might end up in a black suit with a cape, just saying, you know... And in this case, that's kind of what's going on. So I, I just, obviously I wait and see. But obviously, all of us that are like, oh, well, it means he'll be gone. He'll go away. No, because he can run from prison. Exactly. Yeah. And if he loses, just... guess what? He'll just run again. Like, <laughs> yeah. there, there was some, like, libertarian guy on Twitter who, who actually raised a fascinating point, which is, if Donald Trump were to live as long as his mother did, uh, he could... Quite, you know, he could quite literally keep running for president. It, you know, even if he loses in 2024 and is in prison somehow, or even if he doesn't go to prison, he could quite literally just keep running for president until he's like 88 years old. Yeah. So. I mean, Biden's in his in 80s, prison, right? Uh, yeah, he, he uh, I think he's turned 80. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I wouldn't know anything about term limits. I mean, but that's just me. Well, he, he, he can only serve one more time. So Career politician. If he, uh, in 2024, if he wins, serves a term, and then in 2028, he's like, guess what? I'm sticking around. God, what's with everyone retiring at 60? And that's, that's being... <laughs> That's being very liberal with it, because you're not retiring at 60 anymore. When you can just be a career anything, you know, career politician, career. Why? What careers? What other careers exist nowadays? I did see an article recently that said, hey, maybe we should have young people go to work, start uh, working younger. And maybe we should make it OK for them to go on retirement later. And it's just like. Mm. What what the hell happened to people? Like what? Like work like work younger meaning. Well, like instead of you know like basically seventeen with, or. Well, it's it, it's almost a reaction to if anything it's it's more or, of or a, an age uh, where it's like it's way too young to get a worker's permit, but not old enough to not need one. So like fourteen so. because seventeen that's technically you're not an adult and you still need a worker's permit and we're talking about lowering that age and extending the i mean uh, there's already more and more I, honestly i never thought in my lifetime i would see so many articles talking about hey remember that thing we had back in like the you know like way 
like all those photos we had during the depression of like child labor and how awful it looked man the children if, yearn for the mines what are what you if, talking what about what if we like what if we like did that again and i'm just like do you do you hear yourself and then to, to be like oh yeah yeah no no go ahead go ahead give it a shot and it'll be yet another failed experiment of the american of the american empire yeah give it a shot see how well it worked out in the 20s and try to mirror that and be like oh well with the advent of new technology people aren't going to be at risk okay well the life expectancy of the average human is roughly 70 to 80 so and we're doing our best be, to lower that. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> if you're going to be spending most of your <clears throat> developmental years when your fucking lungs haven't even been fully developed yet, and you're going to fill that full of nickel, I don't think you're going to make it past 40, dude. Matter of fact, I think we're, we're going to go so far back into the dark ages where I'm going to be keeled over at 30. Oh, well, and, and at this point, we've, we've already done our best to make sure that the, the great work of uh, Upton Sinclair with the jungle is totally undone. Because, you know, oh, yeah, we don't need regulations for, you know, healthy food. I mean, what? Oh. You think there's going to be like a pandemic from food like bird flu? Huh. What are you talking about? Meanwhile, um, there was like a huge bird flu outbreak that happened a few months ago that that's just it. With every case of bird flu, there is always going to be that fear that it leaps to people and then guess what you could you could have another pandemic on your hands so i mean but anyway we're, we're hey does it does it uh close the roads and make it as a, as accessible as donald trump's motorcade you know that's a welcome that'd be a welcome addition um but anyway yeah i don't know i, I it's it's no different from the previous indictment we just wait and see and you know right. what? Again, he can still run. He can still run. <laughs> and at this point, the only thing... I was having a conversation with a co-worker about this today, who apparently she hadn't read my prior articles on the matter. Um, but there's nothing in the Constitution barring him from running or from being president. Mm. The only other thing that could stop him would be... And I think it's part of the 14th Amendment. I think so. Uh, where... If he was found convicted of doing any kind of rebellious act or, you know, insurrectionary act against the United States, which, as far as I know, he hasn't been, despite the second impeachment and also the fact that he was acquitted. So, legally, even though we all saw it with our eyes, legally, Donald Trump did not lead a revolt against the United States Capitol that was trying to keep him, keep him to be staying president. I mean, let's face it. He, he he got away with exactly what he said he could get away with. He shot he shot a bunch of police officers on uh, I forgot what street the Capitol building's on in D.C. But regardless, <laughs> he basically did the equivalent of I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it, and he did it. And guess what? Uh, no charges. Uh, uh, move along. So, but hey, you know what? At least. Uh, at least this means we'll get to hear some more, uh, well, well, we'll get to see it if he actually joins in on the debates. We'll actually get to see him on stage with, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, whoever he is, um, and Glenn Nor Nor Norcom? Nukem? Duke Nukem? I don't know, he's like a former governor of North Dakota. All, oh, all these, like, nobody, all these, like, I know, all these, like, <laughs> I'm like, what, are you pulling my leg here? What are you... <laughs> 
No, hey, I wish I was pulling my own leg because you've got all these like no-name Republican candidates, and then you've also mm. got the people that are like, oh, hey, I'm I'm like the OG Trump, and it's like, dude, you lost to Trump in 2016, uh, Chris Christie. <laughs> like, who 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 are you fooling? So, oh, God. And then we can't forget Meet Balaron. So wow. you know that'll be that'll, that'll be swell. Apparently, he's like David Putty when he's on a plane. He just, like, doesn't do anything. He just sits there, doesn't read a book, doesn't watch a movie, doesn't sleep. He literally will just sit there. You know, maybe he'll, like, twirl his hair a little bit. That's according to a Washington Post uh, Washington Post reporter that saw him on a plane and was just like, wow, this guy's flying from Florida to Israel, and he is not moving. It's stoicism. It's necessary in politics. I don't know what to tell you. Um, I want someone who can show restraint when uh, coming into contact with a nuclear football. <laughs> the guy to do it. I mean, they... uh, he just hears all the screams from Guantanamo from his army days. Um, but. <laughs> sheen of what we're uh, interpreting as good and bad art. Art is bad. You know what? Oh, hey, you know what? You know what I bought at a. You know what? Um, we have like street fairs around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuck, really? Since like... 1989, and somebody that looks like Winnie the Pooh with grocery bags. Oh, okay. Oh, jeez. You get okay. it? Okay. Bullying tanky since '89. The, the the guy with the bat. I don't know. I say it was at a craft fair. What do you want? Support small businesses. Fuck. <laughs> um. Oh, and I also found this Mars sticker. Ooh. Okay. And Heather was like, "Ooh, Mars on life." I'm like, "Oh, you watch our show, fucking." And then of course I Pepe. I had to get Pepe. Of... Um. <laughs> and then Michael Myers. So nice. Yeah. 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 Reminds me. Um, I, I've been getting like the mother load of hat ads on Instagram and it's to the point where I'm ready to just like leave a review and be like hey uh what's with all the hat ads I looked at one hat and now everything yeah. I see on Instagram is a hat and there was actually one hat that I was very I was somewhat tempted to pick up that quite literally just said nuke mars <laughs> but then I was like uh eh. I don't know. I mean, I believe me, I, I don't think we should have a planet B since we've uh, pretty much given up on this planet, but... The uh, maybe. pop vinyl movement that we see plastered on most shirts, hats, and other sort of outside uh, decorum, I'm just sort of at a loss for... What people and their Redbubble accounts and their Pinterest boards think that they can get away with what they believe of what belongs on clothing, you mm -hmm. know? Like, it's getting to a point where I'm going into the local mall and, you know, you have, like, independent artists with their booths set up and... yeah. You know, they're not far off <laughs> from just having a shirt, just a high-rise cut shirt that just says, like, you know birth control pills for me daddy or something like that and it's just like you know 
I'm all for freedom of expression, but when the expression is just <laughs> is just a soulless Tumblr feed, I'm I'm about ready to throw in the towel and just be like, man, I think we need Death of a Nation as a sequel here. I will say I did see a lot of tacky clothes at a lot of very American stores when I went to Mexico uh, recently, and I just, I don't know, I, and maybe, I think if anything, it was just my tastes, and, and I didn't see anything that I was like, ooh, this is... Oh, should we, like, end the recording here, by the way? Like, we're well, actually, done, right? before before we do... Uh, okay, because, like, none of that can be used, obviously. It has nothing to do with the discussion. So, uh, another thing that happened while I was on my way from, uh, from work back to Central Mass... I'm starting to get news notifications that Cormac McCarthy, uh, probably one of the most admired uh, and respected and very creative uh, modern authors in America, some people consider him the best, some people consider him the greatest, um, I've only been able to read two of his books, and I'll admit both of them are classics, they already are, this was the guy who wrote No Country for Old Men, he passed away at age 89 for natural causes today. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I already prefaced all that by saying, you know, I, I have mixed feelings on his, his literary work, but certainly with his two classics that people do talk about blood Meridian, which is like the anti-Western and the road, which I know got a little brief resurgence during the pandemic, the early days of the pandemic, because it is a, post-apocalyptic book both of them are absolutely stellar and no that's not supposed to be a pun on his last book which was called Stella Maris um but yeah uh, I just thought you know it was some, something worth acknowledging and the fact that he does leave a body of work that I think deserves to be looked at and read um it's not for everyone I will admit there's a lot of really creepy and weird stuff that he has his uh his characters commit to each other um especially siblings um but overall uh certainly a a known name that you know I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are fans of his in this country that are and forget the country the world that are lamenting his loss although you know it, it seems it seems to me like he lived a long long fulfilled life um but because of the way he writes his stories and how his prose flows um, and I should point out, too, he did do a stage play that I think at one point Sam Jackson was a part of, and it was actually really good, uh, that I think is still on Max, uh, on HBO Max, Max, stupid idea. I just want to harken back, uh, right here, before we talk, give the rest of our discussion with the boys, um, way back when, uh, Sebastian and I went to the Autry Museum, and we started off talking about you know, what would it be like if uh, Sebastian were a character in Blood Meridian? And, uh, well, here it is. See the Seb. He absolute. He podcasting yonder. Sigma males abound. Influencers bleed views. 
he be leering to their tweets. Frog Lord come riding about mindset and piss and warriors, thoughts shuggin'. Seb looks up and perplexed. Flex smiles one word society. <sighs> Mars on Life is a podcast co-hosted by Sebastian Shug, Ryan Mancini, Andrew Martinez, and Matt Fernandez. If you like this episode, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite shows, as Mars on Life is available on Anchor, Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Audible, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podchaser. Find us on Instagram at Mars on Life Show to keep up with the latest news, episodes, and gratuitous updates on the Red Planet. Have a question, comment, or request? Email us at marsonlife at gmail.com, and we'll promptly get back to you. This show's artwork, titled Happy Mars, was drawn by Zachary Urbrick. Our show's regular intro and outro music is Space Explorers, by the one and only Kevin McLeod. Thank you for listening, and always remember, if you keep going, you'll make it to Mars. <laughs>